0: So close to a one take. Uh. Hey, thanks for joining the Escape With Me book club. Escape with me, Lizzie Sawyer. And me, Sam Reiner. Into our most recent read. Come with us as we evade reality and go into detail about a new book. We're going to be covering it from beginning to end, so remember, there will be spoilers.
1: Today we are going to the fantasy city of Zoran. As the celebration of Baja's Comet comes and Celestasia is about to begin, Malik, a refugee from the oppressed Eshran Mountains, and Karina, the current princess, both find their destinies intertwined as they desperately seek to be rejoined with a beloved family member. The only problem is to do so, one of them must murder the other. As the week progresses, each is faced with their own obstacles, including an angry but powerful spirit, a treacherous counsel, the truth about magic, enemies pretending to be friends, and friends disguised as enemies, and mythical creatures coming back to life. Which one will succeed in their tasks, and who will fall victim to the dagger? This was a me pick. I found out about it on Twitter because I found the author, and I thought the author was pretty cool. And so I looked up her book, and I read the back of the cover, which is basically my synopsis, but I, of course, wrote it in my own words. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. Now I'm glad I did that. This is one of the times I randomly picked a book, and it turned out really well. So I'm very happy right now. So just for a quick rating, this is young adult, but... It does have some more adult stuff in it. The author herself gives a content warning, which is pretty cool. But there are major themes of self-acceptance, learning to become an adult, standing up for yourself and finding your place in the world, but yada yada. We are going to put in a content warning. There are things like self-harm, panic attacks, death of a parent, death of an animal, physical abuse, I'd argue mental abuse, death of a spouse.
0: She does kind of go in depth of the description of a panic attack. So if that is potentially able to trigger a panic attack in someone, we're not going to read describe what a panic attack is like but don't read that book it's great but maybe not for you
1: there is a little bit of gore i think it honestly kind of glosses over it for the most part though so it's nothing too terrible like a teenager wouldn't get it if you're sensitive to any of those topics maybe skip this one yes (laughs) she does do her best to handle these topics with care and i think she does a really good job but something to be aware of going in it's very realistic and that's good and bad judge a book by its cover. It's gorgeous. I love it. It's one of my favorite covers that I've seen in a while. I think it's very pretty. The copy I have, it has the cover, but it's kind of glossy and it has like a metallic thing. So it's shiny. I kind of love it. And the
0: cover is very pretty. The photography work, they did a really good job with that. But I mean, from the cover, you can obviously tell it's going to be an African-based fantasy, which is always very interesting to delve into another country's fantasy base because their mythical creatures are different and their lore is different. Magic almost always works very similarly across the field, no matter which country you're talking about. It's always some sort of energy either within oneself or within the world around you. That is a very common theme, but it's always fun to get into especially African culture and mythology and fantasy.
1: Yeah, it's very underserved.
0: Yeah, I always find it very fascinating, mostly because I haven't spent a lot of time with their mythological creature base, and I love learning about new mythological creatures, and I like African animals just in general because I find them, again, fascinating fascinating. So since the creatures are usually mixes of animals that already exist, or animals, but at night, and I couldn't really tell what it was, and now it's a mythological creature, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that is a major pull on the marketing. The lore is based on Western African culture, which also there's a bunch of Egyptian stuff in there as a amateur Egyptologist.
0: There is, I noticed that as well.
1: That's really cool. The author herself is from Kumasi, Ghana, and so she immigrated and moved to Maryland. She graduated from University of Maryland with a bachelor's in journalism and has also been a teaching assistant at the school. She was a journalist for a while. She's worked as an intern at publishing houses and somewhere along the way she got involved in writing this particular book and it's good. She currently lives outside Washington, D.C. She likes wandering around the woods making memes and thinking about Star Wars. Nice. Sorry, I am on her website right now. (laughs) So you can tell Definitely tell I'm starting to read her bio a little bit. But I think she's really cool.
0: It sounds like the sort of person that you meet. and you run back up to me and you say, can you be my friend? Can we be friends? <laughs> <laughs> How do we be friends now? I need a new friend. Can you be friends? Let's be friends.
1: Yeah, seriously. I found her on Twitter. I thought she was a really cool person. I find her very interesting. And her book is amazing. So there we go. And she's also right now in the process of publishing a graphic novel about Suri from Black Panther for Marvel Comics.
0: Ooh, that's awesome.
1: That's another really cool thing about her. Yeah, she's just cool. She's a really cool person. I like her a lot and I like her book. And so now I have finally done it. I like an author and I like their book and I picked them kind of at random. Yeah. The stars have aligned. But I had no idea what to do going into this book. Going back to on topic for Judge a Book By It's cover, I had no idea. It had a person on it. So I had a feeling it would be YA just because the stereotypical laws of publishing is when it's a YA fantasy you usually have a person on the cover versus if it's an adult fantasy they'll have symbols.
0: A lot of them do I can just picture several in my mind at the moment that don't like the Septimus Heat books don't they have alchemical symbols on them.
1: Yeah and I mean there's obviously exceptions to the rules I mean a lot of YA romance has a girl or boy on the cover but then you have Twilight. Yeah <laughs> and they have apples and broken ribbon and a wilting flower so you, there's all always exceptions to the rules. But I just had a feeling that it was going to be YA because it had someone on the cover. She was very pretty. It took me a while to figure out it was Karina on the cover, just because it wasn't until they were like, Karina has silver hair that I looked at the cover I was like, that's who this is. I thought it was the storyteller for a second, but then that didn't match up.
0: The storyteller was an old woman.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. It doesn't match up. But I didn't have any instinct this is what this is going to be, other than I had a feeling it was going to be a YA. That was kind of exciting. I, I felt Excited by the fact that I had no idea what I was about to get into. I'm mainly a mystery person, and so any of the books I have where it's like, oh, mystery, there's probably gonna be a murder. Murder! I didn't have any preconceived notions going in other than what I read on the back of the book. So that was kind of fun. It's kind of cool stepping away from Arthurian war because a lot of fantasy is based. On those legends. And because cultures mix, you see it all over fantasy Europe. You can even see it into Russia where it kind of blends in, and you know, things like dwarves, elves. At some point they're going to be walking through a forest, or there's gonna be a ranger and a knight, and you know, very, very stereotypical fantasy thing. So it was very exciting going in and being like, I don't know what I'm about to read. I'm excited, but let's actually get into it. Just to get this out of the way, I like the story. Story structure. I liked the Malik, Karina, Malik, Karina, Malik, Karina. And I like that both of them had their own things going on because I've read some books where they'll do the thing where they head hop during chapters but it's basically the characters that it's head hopping they're all around each other and so it's just the same story and you're going back and forth and back and forth and there doesn't really feel like a need to head hop other than that's what the authors decided to do but since they have separate storylines it actually feels really nice I'm actually surprised how little their storylines overlap sometimes
0: and it's nice when their storylines do overlap because you get both sides of what's happening when that does happen.
1: Yes. And usually it's interesting enough and it's like I said going back to some of those other books I've read, sometimes they'll reference back to it and it's really obvious because it'll be like, "Oh, he had a shocked face." And then you go to his chapter and he's like I was shocked. No.
0: I was shocked.
1: Amazing. No, really. Tell me more.
0: Thank you, narrator. Oh my gosh.
1: I feel like it kept it going. It contributed to the feeling of, oh, just one more chapter. So I really liked that they had their own storylines that sometimes overlapped. What did you think of the structure? You've read way more fantasy than I have.
0: I feel like you said everything about the structure.
1: (laughs) I've done a lot of thinking about it, so...
0: (laughs) I think the structure was nice. I did like the two different storylines that kind of co-mingled. That's all I got. You said everything else. I'm just here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like I said, I've thought a lot about the structure and my husband is a English professor. So I've been thinking about the conversations I want to have with him. I guess he elevates me and I sound very smart and like I know what I'm doing. He elevates me. He elevates me. I get on his level sometimes.
0: Mr. Professor, sir.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So let's kind of talk about the world building because I think that's something we can both definitely talk about. Yes. I kind of like the class system. It's pretty classic.
0: It's the standard class system. Even with the one tribe that everybody shuns because they're allegedly trash.
1: Yes. That happens throughout the book. I think she does a really good job of fleshing that out. The domestic relations were really well done.
0: And even to the point of the classic the princess main character knows nothing about the abuse and general hardships that that particular tribe has to go through because no one's bothered to tell her anything about what's going on over there and she hasn't bothered to inquire because it doesn't directly deal with her.
1: Yes. I think they do a really good job there because you see the whole I never knew before but I feel like we actually get enough of Karina's day to day to actually be like okay yeah you didn't know anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah you like super didn't know anything.
1: You weren't like sitting in the throne room with everyone else just being bored and not listening to the peasants. It made sense that she didn't know. Sometimes I get annoyed when they just fall back on that as a default, but she made it very realistic. And I also like some of the things that she threw in about the whole racism toward Eshrans. Because she pointed out, oh they have their songs and their dances and high things. It's like, oh, so you can take our stuff, but you're not going to take us as the people. And that was definitely a more minor thing I don't think some people think about. Yep. I think it's very good point to throw in there. It made it much more realistic. Yeah, we're all one big happy family, except you're not allowed in our city and if you are you're only going to be a servant which we will abuse
0: yeah it was your very standard glass structure it was
1: very thoughtful and well done
0: i mean this as in a when you're writing it it felt like how it's supposed to feel
1: yeah it felt real you feel like you could go there which she drew a map and sadly and not sadly i really like that it all took place in that city i think it was really really well done
0: well we'll get to see more of the country in the sequel
1: yeah i was like oh this whole map we're going to go see all of the things. Oh no, no we're just in Zoran. Well, I'm not upset about that, but I want to go see all the other places. And so, yeah, in the next one, at the end of the book, it makes very clear that we're at least gonna see one more place on the map.
0: I'm sure there'll be more.
1: Yeah, I think she'll get more into. It. I don't think she drew an entire map just to reference things, you know? Yes. So I'm excited for that. I'm really excited because for sure one of the places that we're going to go is a different kingdom, so we'll be able to see the differences between the two, which is gonna be pretty cool. I also really liked the God system. I thought that was pretty unique.
0: Yeah, it felt like if the constellations were gods almost.
1: Yes, and I think they do a really good job. The reason I say it's unique, I really like the concept of you're born on X day, so this is your god. You're born on this day, this is your god. I really like that. And I'm going to mention her Twitter because, you know, I'm on it all the time. But she does make a good point of one of the reasons especially POC authors do that is because white America couldn't tell the difference between Ghana and Madagascar. Are, frankly. We are able to conceptualize France, Germany, Spain, but we can't understand the fact that Africa is just as diverse. So that's a lot of times why they do something so simplistic like that. So you can wrap your head around it, which is really sad. It's very frustrating.
0: that She had to write it that way, yeah, but I'm not frustrated that I had to read it like that.
1: So I also understand, but I think she did it really well. I got really interested with the fact that it's connected to the magic because later on, the... Big Bad points out to Malik that, oh... The gods aren't real. These were just made up after the pharaoh and whatever. And so that enters like this really interesting thing. It's like, oh, are they made up? Is my whole life a lie? Have they just been saying the things? But at the same time, even if they are made up, they are also somehow real because your magic depends on what god you're connected to. It's like how there were several gods that were made
0: from different events that occur in nature, naturally. They just kind of took something that already happens, like the. If you were born on certain days, you get certain abilities due to certain different properties in the environment around you. And then from there, created a god. Yeah,
1: because it is the sun, the moon, the wind, the earth, the fire, the water, life. Which is an interesting element to throw in there, but I kind of liked it. So those are the seven. It's a seven-day week. And if you're born on the day of the wind, you have wind powers. But if you're born on the day of, say, fire, you can have fire powers. If you're born on life day, which is Malik, then you have the ability to interact with the life force between people, which is the magic system is essentially everything is connected. And those connections are what can be manipulated by magic. And I think it does a really good job of explaining the importance of nature versus man it does which is something that comes up in fantasy a lot i will say i wrote down all of them and each of them has a animal that it's attached to like the moon patron has an owl the life patron has a hare. The sun patron has a lion. The earth patron has a porcupine. Which is dope. I might have missed it, but I don't think they said what the water patron's animal was. They did not say what the water patron's animal was because I specifically
0: backed it up to listen to it again to write them out.
1: I just wanted to know what that would would have been like fish there was a river there but there's not a river anymore where would they go would it be a water only animal or would it be something amphibious i don't know i mean they may not have had one maybe a hippo that would be a good one i don't know but they didn't have it and i was sad because i was really interested in what that one would be i was interested in what all of them would be i mean it would be something
0: that is found in most of the areas could be easily found for the most part i would think that's
1: why i was thinking maybe a hippo because that's something they could actually bring out and tote around and so it's not like a fish where you would have to keep it on water. Crocodile. Ooh, that would have been a good one. That aside, I think she does a really good job of not info dumping to the point where you want to learn more. Because a lot of times in fantasy, somebody creates this really cool system and then they're going to tell you all about it in the first chapter. And you're like, I don't... What is... I don't... What are our main characters' name? What is happening? Why am I getting all this lore? But she does a really good job of only bringing it up as it's relevant to the point where I feel like if she wrote a book just about the gods, I would read that. I would totally seek out this extra information because she gave the perfect amount for it to be interesting, but also not all up in your face. For example, we don't know what the water patron's animal is. And now we just have to wait until the next book, I guess. It does appear to be so... So It may not be relevant. That's okay, though. But what do you think about the whole reveal about that they're fake? We've talked about how clearly something's relevant, and we've also touched on maybe how the gods were formed because it has some sort of relation to magic, but I thought that was a kind of a shocking reveal to just be like, this whole god system that your entire life revolves around and this whole festival is about? Nothing.
0: I mean, he could have been lying, too. That's true. With this kind of god, what proof do they really have that it's real or not?
1: Yeah, because it made it sound like these gods didn't come to worship levels until after the fall of the pharaoh. Because during the pharaoh's time, they worshipped the pharaoh as a god, and it didn't really get too much more into that so there may have been other gods at the time but it seems like those particular ones didn't come up into worship until after
0: what makes these gods less real than the pharaoh other than they are not tangible like the pharaoh
1: for all we know i mean at the same time they probably thought hyena was just a myth and then ah behind it all along.
0: Right, and really what makes gods real in these kinds of stories is people's belief in them. Ooh,
1: that could be a really interesting dynamic in the next one where Karina's like, oh, they're real, but Malik has been told that they're not and now believes that, and so now it's this butting heads of ideology of whether they're real or not. That'd be really cool.
0: I don't think she'll get too in-depth into that, honestly.
1: Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm excited. It was gonna come out near my birthday, but now I got moved back to November, and I'm Sad. It'll be okay. I don't know. But let's talk about these twists. There were so many twists in this story. The first one, this was one of the few that I saw coming. The Faceless King, mm-hmm. I knew it was idea. The snake spirit. There was somewhere along the lines where I'm like, I have a feeling it's him. I just knew. And then they went to this underground city. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's him. Yes. Vindication. But I did not see the truth of why he got banished coming.
0: Yeah, it was very sad.
1: That was so sad. He somehow went from villain to really sympathetic to be like, oh, I fell in love with this woman. I was helping her take down the Pharaoh. And then we had children. And then she decided to end bloodshed that she was going to kill our son to make the barrier. And it's just like, what? And And then to find out the truth behind the barrier, Karina and her ancestors couldn't leave the city because of the barrier. But the barrier was created from the sacrifice of that son. And so when Malik went to murder Karina with that special dagger, it broke the barrier somehow. That one gets a little fuzzy. I don't know the specifics on that. But the important thing is special dagger caused the barrier to break.
0: Well, it was her life force that was holding the barrier together. So when he stabbed her, instead of killing her, he just broke the connection between her and the barrier, I think. Or the semblance around the life force that was there.
1: Yes, that is the correct way to... To explain it, I read too many magic related books. That was actually a pretty cool scene. Mm-hmm. The Who Killed the Kestrel was a two parter. When Omar, the best, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Who? He's the one the council guy who was like, oh, yeah, I was a champion and kept being like, when I was one of the champions and would talk about his fights and stuff. And then he was the one who hosted the Midway Festival where he was mean to the Eshrin servant. That guy. But when she fakes him out and is like, you better tell me who did it or I'm going to poison all of you. And Omar raises his hand. I didn't see it coming, but it felt right. Omar being like, I did it so I could cause war. Yeah, you seem like the type of person who's stuck in his heydays of being a warrior. I mean, all the people on
0: the council kind of had that mentality of this will help whatever business I've got going.
1: Yeah, I was suspicious of everyone on the council. I was kind of expecting it to be the woman that was kind of the head of things.
0: The one that kept undermining Karina?
1: Yeah. The Grand Vizier kept insisting that she and the Kestrel were best friends. And when someone tries that hard to convince somebody of something, I get suspicious because I'm from a mystery background.
0: (laughs) I mean, Karina even reaffirmed that, but it's still like, Dude, really? Come on. Yeah,
1: me think she does protest too much. And apparently she has gambling debts. So maybe it was like, a, oh, if you do this, you can pay off your gambling debts. Maybe it was really bad or something. I did really like that scene, though, where Karina comes in and is telling everybody their business. <laughs> Oh, Omar, how's your daughter? He's like, I don't have a daughter, I have two sons. He's like, are you sure about that? Are you sure? That was a kind of boss scene. I really liked that. Yeah, Karina, you go. You play the game of politics.
0: (laughs) It feels different now that I've read through the end and know that Fareed is a conniving piece of trash.
1: Yeah, I... I don't know. I fell for it. I didn't see that coming. That shocked me. Grief will do crazy things to you, man. It will, but I don't know. I just immediately fell into the, oh, he's the Sebastian to her Ariel. You know, that type of relationship. I just fell into that immediately. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. He's totally caring. And then at the end, he's like, murder.
0: (laughs) And now I'm going to kill everyone you love to bring back someone that you love because you're trash.
1: Oh. my goodness thanks Farid I did also like at the end where Adir was like that's not my descendant that's a lich and I was like "Ooh, oh oh, this is getting very interesting.
0: Ah, liches.
1: I'm excited for the next book to explore that more because we only saw her very briefly through Karina's eyes and her sister came back to life and was like, Karina! And then everything went down and so we didn't really get a lot of time to spend with her. So I'm really curious how she differs from a real-life human being.
0: It probably doesn't have a
1: soul in it. Yeah, because the way I've always heard it is D&D and the connection i I've always heard is, oh, it was a necromancer who was trying to get immortality through dark ways.
0: A lich is a type of undead creature. Often such a creature is a result of a transformation as a powerful magician or king striving for eternal life. Yep. Uses spells or rituals to bind his intact intellect to a facsimile and thereby achieving a form of immortality.
1: Yeah. So that's always how I've heard it. So I'm really curious because there are some properties there still they're taking, I guess, her intellect from the other world, possibly, and bringing it back. They can control
0: lesser undead creatures. Unlike zombies that are often depicted as mindless, part of a hive mind, or under the control of another, a lich remains resilient, like independent thought. Usually is at least as intelligent as it was prior to transformation. Thank you, Fandom Wiki.
1: Yeah, see, my only experience really is D&D, and on that they always look decomposed bodies, kind of, or they're a spirit. That makes me
0: wonder if she'll decompose.
1: See, there are so many things because technically shouldn't she be decomposed? It's been years. I mean, unless they really preserve. But even if they preserve their bodies, there should be signs.
0: No, she'd be decomposed. I'm kind of wondering if she'll continue to decompose the longer that she's quote unquote alive. I guess it'd be more adept to say active.
1: I don't know. Like I said, we really didn't get a lot of time with her. And so I don't know. Maybe she is decomposed. Maybe the heart brought her back so she's not decomposed. There were several ingredients there. I don't know. She has the memories of the sister because she immediately knew who Karina was. There's something there. I'm really interested to see how it plays out because Idea makes it very clear that she's a lich, not a person. So there's something different. And I think that's something we're going to figure out.
0: OK, so while we're talking about mythical creatures in this book, right? Did you look up what a Serpapod looks like?
1: Yeah, I did. Sorry,
0: Serpapard. Serpopard. I don't know.
1: I always call it a because it's like a leopard.
0: Yeah, it's hard. There's extra letters that I want to add in there, but it's not actually there.
1: Like a leopard with the neck of a snake. But the head
0: of a leopard. It's a leopard with a really long neck.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I totally looked that up because I was like, is this Egypt related? And it was Egypt related. And now I've tucked that monster into my pocket. That one was my favorite. Oh,
0: this has them drawn like giraffes.
1: <laughs> the one at the beginning of the book that broke the wall was pretty cool. It was a rhino, but it's not. And they use them to fight elephants. So they're huge. I saw four different versions of that creature when I typed it into Google. So I'm not 100% sure what that looks like. But the Serapird was very clear. (laughs) This is what this is. The creatures are really cool. But my favorite part about the books is the relationships between the characters, especially Malik and Karina.
0: It's very enjoyable to read the relationships between them. And you can tell that they're slowly starting to have attraction to each other through the book, the two main characters.
1: And I like how the relationship is different from Karina and Tunde honestly, it melted my icy cold heart when Karina said how she could see her kids with silver hair and his tooth gap. Like I can learn to love him because he genuinely
0: loves me. And I was like, okay, I could be happy with this. I mean, I wanted you to end up with the other guy for various reasons, partly because it'd be great for his tribe if he were to become king. But besides that, y'all are cute and seem to work well together. But you'd be very cute with Date, And then he dies.
1: And that was such an intense scene. And for that to be the moment where Fareed just pops out and is all ha fooled you all along thank you for doing my work for me
0: thanks for finding the flowers for me <laughs> like excuse
1: you <laughs> and then at the end when malik is being taught by farid on how to use this type of magic because it's different than elemental magic everyone else has
0: i was kind of down for that though because Fareed is trash honestly but i see where his reasons came
1: from but i think he'll be a good teacher for malik he absolutely will and the next book is the conclusion of the story. The author has made it very clear that this is a duology. So all of the chips will be on the table
0: next book. I wonder if she'll do more books in the same world, though.
1: I really hope so. Maybe it'll be like a different time or even different character in the same time, but I liked most of the characters that lived. I don't like Malik's sister. Really? Yes. The older one or the younger
0: one? The older one. The younger one is cute and adorable and innocent and, and and hardly in the book. And the older one, she has her moments where they get along and they have sibling moments, right? Even in the beginning where she has her like, I'm the older sister and you're annoying and I have to take care of you and I've been doing it for way too long and it's really pissing me off moments. I get that. And that's fine. But her not accepting or ever like, apologizing for the abuse from the entire family trying to beat the magic out of him and them being wrong and her just being like, yeah, okay, whatever the f***. (gasps) right, cool. Let's continue on with what we were doing.
1: I don't know. I'm not really sure if she was a part of the abuse or not. It kind of made it seem like the village as a whole did it. But other than her being poisoned against him, where she felt entreated him like a burden, I don't think she was a part of or even really old enough to understand what people were doing to Malik.
0: Yeah, but I mean, there was a specific moment. And honestly, I'd be hard pressed to remember exactly what it was, where he was thinking about specifically something that she had done. And they were kind of talking about it. And she just was kind of like, and,
1: oh, there are definitely things they need to work on if they want to have a good relationship in the future. But one thing I like about their dynamic is how their roles in the family are kind of gender swapped. Malik is the nurturing, empathetic one who takes care of Nadia, where Leela is, or Layla, is the one who wanted to work away from home, is emotionally distant, kind of the leader of the group. I think that's part of their huge personality disconnect, where they don't understand each other because Malik is very passionate and follows his heart where Layla is very logical and doesn't let her emotions sway her. And what sucks is they make a great team. When they put aside the past and work together, they just work really well. But she's become so biased against them, and hands down. I'm blaming the family or the villagers around them. We don't really get to know the mom or grandma, so I can't say if it was them for sure or if it was other people, but I'm sure someone has said to her that it's Malik's fault. There dad left and she had to return home to work for the family.
0: No, that is definitely implied that someone was like, you're crazy and because you're crazy, you made your dad leave. But she also blamed him for things that weren't under his control at all. And I don't mean at the beginning where he helps the boy and the boy steals his bag. That was completely his fault. Kudos for him for trying to be nice, but that was his fault. But I mean, the magic stuff or the sister being kidnapped or not being able to get the sister back or the bits where she's like, just kill the princess. Why didn't you kill the princess blah 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 and I'm like you kill her do you know how hard it is to kill
1: a person do you know how hard it is to turn all emotions off and kill somebody it's true but at the same time I get it she's frustrated because she can't do anything she seriously just has to wait for Malik to do his part and she's like just just do the thing we can't move on until you do the thing and so no it's not correct for her to be like hey just do the thing but I get it.
0: It just rubbed me wrong. She had her moments, but I didn't like her.
1: I feel like the big personality mishmap, I hope in the next book they're able to foster that bond more because she clearly was also kind of poisoned to thinking that Malik is a nuisance, which isn't fair whatsoever. So I'm hoping that without the whole Nadia thing hanging over them, they're able to foster some sort of relationship. But that also makes me sad because I feel like if they're going to foster a relationship and then she's going to die because that's what happens.
0: That's how this works. <laughs> we foster our relationship and then someone dies there was
1: so much death
0: we foster a relationship with a great guy that helped with the self-harm and it seemed like he was gonna be a good person all around and then you know what he died he had his heart ripped out quite violently
1: well that's not even the first one was shocking because when there were three champions still when it was Tunde, malik and the sun Champion, He who shall not be named because, yeah. (laughs) My dyslexic self gets lost in the amount of E's in that name. So, yeah, when it's Tunde, Malik, and the other sun champion, and she's like, well, I'm going to have to kill the winner. So I don't want to kill Malik because we kind of have a thing. And I don't want to kill Tunde because we used to have a thing. So clearly, I'll just kill the sun champion, (laughs) wiggle it in the favor of that one guy. And and she's like, I'm totally comfortable killing him. And then he gets accident. Accidentally murdered. Uh, It was an accident. I don't know what to call that. It's not a murder, but he was killed. He attacked or something. No, was he startled? Was that what it is? No, he was confronting Malik and I think maybe he pushed him and then Leela showed up and she pushed him and then he went way too far. Like he moved really far and he was about to fall out of the window and then Malik was trying to save him and he was like, no, I don't want your help even though I'm about to die because you're uh," a he uses their slur for the Esheran people. And then he dies. So part of me is like you deserved it, but the other part of me is like, oh crap, that was our perfect solution. You were gonna kill him. And then the sister got taken to jail. It was like, oh, my oh. <laughs> Mm. that death made everything complicated
0: yes it did it super super did
1: but yeah so he dies and then tunde dies which was really sad because she had just decided that she could be happy with him and they could fall in love and have the children <laughs> and he was nice he was super nice and he would have been a good king and <laughs> actually The truth about Karina's migraines. I really liked that. The
0: suppressed magic? That doesn't surprise me.
1: Well, it's not the surprise. The migraines were caused as a defense mechanism, so she didn't have to accept the fact that she's the one who killed her father and sister.
0: Oh, yeah, the suppression. Yeah, which also made sense as to why that hurt when she thought about her father or her older sister.
1: Yeah, and why she had those migraines. Because it happens, and you're like, okay, it's a suppressed because it's grief. It's tragic. But then you find out, no, there's More to it. There's a reason she's extra grief. And that might have been the saddest part of this whole plot. Karina accidentally killed her sister because she was unable to control her magic because she didn't know she had magic. And then they got in an argument and Karina was really upset. Random lightning strike and that caused the fire which caused her father and her sister to die. That might have been the saddest part of it all. Which then put in place for Freed to be angry because he knew the truth of it because apparently at some point he learned about magic and he knew Karina did it and so this entire time he's been pretending to be karina's friend even though he hates her because he knows the truth it's
0: (laughs) dude she didn't do it on purpose
1: okay so that's another thing with the magic afua is all i can't sense anybody with magic and then everybody has magic (laughs) yeah karina has magic the kestrel has magic farid has magic malik has magic the entirety of the guard has magic so many people had magic and you go from thinking oh this is super rare to being like why have you guys all repressed this this is a problem yes Afua's radar is just off it must be busted but Karina escapes with Afua and heads to her kingdom so that's where that's gonna start another thing that I really like that happened at the end that's set up for the next part I like that Malik binded a deer to himself and now a deer is just in his brain
0: yeah I thought that was very fun that's going to be so cool. That will be very weird with relationships later on. Oh,
1: I'm sure there's probably going to be a part where he has to stop being bound to Malik. But for the most part, that's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, I have this voice in my head and it talks to me. And I put it there. I did this. <laughs>
1: and the cool thing is he has all this information that Malik doesn't know. And so we're going to be able to figure it out and see more things through Adir's perspective, which he's more omnipotent and has lived much longer than Malik week. That's going to be really, really fun. I'm excited for that hyena girl what you doing oh my goodness I know you're the trickster goddess but what you doing
0: yeah she had to get things rolling you made
1: sure nadia got kidnapped you gave karina the book of the dead and almost pretended to try to kill her
0: imagine if she hadn't done that though because Farid was gonna kill the Kestrel regardless and would have done this ritual with or without so
1: but if Karina didn't know about it she wouldn't have made the gift her hand in marriage.
0: He would have figured something out. He would have probably convinced the council that that was going to be the best thing to do, especially since everybody considered her as someone that was not competent enough to hold the throne. So I think he would have manipulated it in a way that that was going to be the outcome or waited until she did marry someone, play the long game because the council would have had her marry someone regardless and then just done it then. But it
1: has to be during that week.
0: Oh, well, then, yeah, he definitely would have had the prize be i mean he would have worked it it would have been fine
1: i was wondering if instead of trying to make it because i don't think it specifies what king right and so maybe my thoughts is he's clearly trying to cause this war with this other nation and they have a king. So maybe he was trying to start the war early and trying to kill that king. But maybe that's a little far fetched too. I don't know. I don't know what his plan would have been if Karina hadn't gotten that book and been like, the prize is my hand in marriage because I'm trying to bring my mom back.
0: I still think he would have worked it. He
1: would have had to figure out something.
0: He has a lot of power in the council and a lot of sway with them as well. Karina, I think he would have been able to manipulate them into having the outcome that he wanted. Yeah,
1: but I mean, he put in no effort to actually do that, so I don't know. Well, I mean, he ended up not needing to. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It worked out, but I don't know what his plan was up until that point. Maybe he wasn't even sure up until that point. He was like, I don't know if this is gonna work and then it happened and he's like, well, clearly I gotta do it. This is a sign. Well, I mean, he already killed the Kestrel in prep, so. We'll probably find out more as time goes on. But yeah, Hyena, what you doing? She's putting the pieces into place. So many things she did. I'm like, what are you playing at? She's like, I just want a good story. I'm like, hmm, what are you playing at? I find her extremely fascinating as a character. I think she's a great trickster. I love it. But at the same time, I'm so frustrated. I'm like, why did you do this? of oh, this is a bad idea.
0: Well, some of these feel like things that needed to eventually happen. Like the stuff with Malik and the barrier coming down and needing to seal him into something that felt like something that would all need to eventually have had happen. Just the way that that was all set up, it would have come down and caused tragedy eventually. So why not have a little bit of control in how it dissolves? Yeah,
1: she was out there doing the most. But then also she was going to pretend to murder Karina. Uh, not pretend because she was actually... he was uh, what? And then the guard swooped at his <laughs> i don't understand i guess that's the point she's a trickster you're not supposed to understand what's happening yeah you're not oh that's not my bag oh my gosh that story what was the point (laughs) why did you do that (laughs) this is the epitome of what she is i know oh that's not my bag Goes through this whole spiel and then... Well, so did the other guy. Doesn't even get her own bag back. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, I guess she just had a fun time. I don't know. It was a very good character. I think the author did a really good job, but I personally, as a person, I'm like, why? What is happening? Why did you do this? She's
0: chaotic.
1: I love chaotic as an alignment. She's chaotic neutral. But there are just a couple of things where I'm like, what is happening? But yeah, no, she's so chaotic neutral. She's like, I don't care about good or bad. I just want to see what happens to Throw this into the pot, stir it a little bit. We're
0: going to push this button and uh, see what happens. It's big and red. Well, that'll do. Won't affect me much, so
1: uh, <laughs> we'll just see. Oh, my gosh. The ultimate potster loves drama. So throughout the book, there are these little whisperings. And I want, I'm want i curious your thoughts. This popped up when we were having a different conversation. So there are so many people who are like, the Kestrel killed her family. Because apparently there were a bunch of other Why didn't I not write down Karina's last name? I didn't write down her last name because I'm dumb. But there are apparently a lot of her and her ancestors and people of her bloodline. And then a lot of people whispering that the Kestrel killed her own family to make sure she got the throne. And I'm wondering if that's true or not. Or maybe it's a freak accident like what happened with Karina where one day there was like an earthquake or something and a lot of people died. I don't know. I just, that's another thing that got brought up and I'm wondering, I'm hoping it's brought up in the next book because I'm also curious about that. Why has it all come down to Karina? Why is she the only one that still exists? I didn't even want to be queen. Was it supposed to be my responsibility? Oh my gosh. She's, okay, they've all been through so much. I think she comes into it really well. That's one of the reasons I really like the one scene with the council where she's like, I know all of your secrets, is the thing with ruling is you don't just need to deal with peasantry, quote, unquote, peasantry common folk. Tunde talks about this, too. You need to know the politics of it. If you're going into a political job, you need to know the politics. And that feels like the first time where she's like, I can handle the council. I can handle the nobles. She may not have all the know-how, but I can handle you. It feels like she comes into her own, kind of, there. where It's like, yeah, you could totally rule. You can handle these people. You know what to do. You can stop a mutiny. That's kind of important if you're in charge. Yeah. So I liked your character arc. I feel like her character arc was more arky, where Malik's character arc was all over the place. (laughs) He had a lot
0: going on, though. He
1: had a lot going on, and a lot he had to learn and react to.
0: He's like, hey, so guess what? You just came to a new town. You're going to have to kill somebody. Turns
1: out that you're not crazy, and the things you see are real, by the way. Now go kill the princess. Oh, but also, you're probably going to fall in love with her, and your sisters, both of them, are going to be relying heavily on you. So there's that pressure. And also, we're going to remind you of your dad a bunch. That kept happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Panic attacks galore. You are welcome, my friend.
1: Just swallow all of that great. Bye. It's like, you know that thing you've been
0: beaten for for years?
1: Turns out they were wrong. Your life is a lie. I kind of liked all the spirits that kept popping up. It was really cool. I kind of like how you don't have a handle on them, whether they're good or evil because everyone's like, oh, they're evil spirits. Here are all the things to buy to save yourselves from the evil spirits where they're kind of there. They're true neutral.
0: They sound very neutral. Yeah. Because
1: sometimes they seem to be provoking him, but sometimes they seem to be helping him and then sometimes they're just kind of there. Yes, I'm wondering if he's going to have more of a command on them now that deer is part of him. Oh, that's an interesting thought. That'd be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool.
0: I don't know if you can necessarily have a control over them, though. They seem to be their own thing. I don't know,
1: but they always cowered away. They ran away when. Or were they always summoned to where Idea was? I don't know. There seemed to be things that they were scared of and then things that they were attracted to. So there is some sense to the madness here. I don't know what it is, but it's there. So maybe you can control them by knowing what they're scared of slash drawn to? I don't know. That'd be cool though. I don't know what they look like, but I always imagine them like the Heartless from Kingdom Hearts, except without feet. They're just a floaty thing.
0: Oh, I always saw kind of like Dementors, but with masks instead of just a dark hole. Oh,
1: what does it say about me that I immediately made them adorable?
0: Oops or like if No Face was a floated instead of walked and was creepier, old dark ripped fabric in an old kind of more faceless mask that kind of vibe. I made them way too cute. You did. Oops. Yeah, you made them much too cute.
1: Oh well. That's why I was like, yeah. Moonik, be their buddy. Control them. It's gonna be awesome. No. Maybe, maybe not. It might be awesome. I do like the concept that they're bringing back magic. It's back, baby. We're gonna to learn all about the magics and everyone's gonna have magic magics back Okay. Right. And it's just going to be awesome. And that battle is going to be really interesting because a people know about magic and they've clearly embraced it. And that's one of the reasons Karina is going to that kingdom is so she can learn how to use her powers. And then back at the palace, Malik's learning from Farid. It's like, "Hey, you want to learn how to you use your magic?" He's like, "Yeah, I want to learn how to use my magic." And then Adir's with him. So who knows how, what crazy things are going to happen with that? I'm excited. Yeah, at one point,
0: does Malik find out that Farid killed his- his friend tombday. because he doesn't know that yet. See,
1: that's the thing. I don't know how long this allyship's gonna last. I don't think it's gonna be very long. I don't know. Maybe Fareed got the one thing he's always he wanted and he got her back and now he's gonna be chill again and maybe he's gonna be cool. But he's just done so many things. I don't think Malik is gonna be cool with him. So I do think that's gonna be one of the driving forces bringing them back together. I don't think he's gonna be
0: cool with him but I think they'll still hang for a while.
1: I'm expecting like the
0: first third. You're my... Um magic buddy. Friend, sure. I'm definitely just hanging out with you to keep an eye on you because you creep me out. Well, also because magic. Yeah, Also because magic.
1: It's like, yes, teach me how to use my magic and I will destroy you. I don't know. Like I said, I don't imagine them gelling well for very long. I would be surprised if we got through the first third and they were still together. Because he talks a good game, but I don't know. Malik just has too good a heart. He does. He's a sweet boy. I don't think he would want to turn the oppression that he faced and have anyone else experience that either so I think he's also gonna not be cool if Farid tries that with a new one and I think he's also gonna see through the whole we need to have a war it's important I think he's gonna see through that pretty quickly because people dying not great
0: not great at all
1: especially since it's just gonna be the exact same situation where it was with the Kestrel and the council and them starting a war and all the people suffering but they're not suffering it's gonna be the exact same situation but with Fareed, probably. I don't know. Maybe he's on the front lines because of magic. I don't know. There's a lot of I don't knows and that actually makes me really excited because I want to read the next book and be like, what happens? It's the last one. This is a duology. Whatever happens in the next one is final. Excitement.
0: I'm glad she made up with her maid. Yes. I'm glad Karina got back together with the maid. That was a very rude thing that she said, slash did, so I'm glad that they made up.
1: That fight made me so mad. It was very stupid. How do you come back from that? It's very difficult. You lose trust
0: there. You have to start from scratch on the trust-building game, and even then they'll never forget that you did that.
1: I know. That's the type of argument that ends friendships, period. Is there a Coming back from that and then for her maid to just be amazing and be like, Yeah, I totally tricked them and made them believe it. And I've been a counter spy this entire time. I've been on your side. It's like you're such a good friend. I was surprised that the head of the guard wasn't actually evil. I wasn't the entire time. They're like, oh, they're so sketchy, and I always feel so weird. And I mean, in the end, it's attributed to it's like, oh, because they had magic repressed. Yeah, it's because
0: they had repressed magic, which
1: is another thing I'm just very curious about. See, I always put it up
0: too. The, you know the guards in front of the palace in England, right? And how they don't move. They're just they're so trained and well disciplined that they don't move. Required regardless of whatever you do to them, right? Yeah. My feeling through the book was it's kind of like that fly. They're scary, strong, they're well-disciplined, and they probably have almost no emotions. So they're really freaky deaky, but they're for assistance. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I just took that as the whole like, oh, they really creep me out. I was like, oh, I've never felt comfortable around them. I just took that as foreshadowing. Maybe that was too obvious and I was thinking too obvious. But anytime someone's like, hey, they're suspicious, it's usually because they're They're suspicious, but no, in the end it was magic and the guard got discharged at one point and it was a conspiracy. It was good. I'm sad that she died. We got five minutes of me being like, oh my gosh, you're actually good Oh, you're, you're, you're going to die now. Oh,
0: you're dead. Great. Well, did we see her die or did we leave her to die? I can't remember because if we left her to die, there's a potential that she didn't. So she
1: escapes with the fire champion, Afua also her made. So they escape girl power headed toward the other kingdom. I like the fire champion a lot.
0: She had a lot of bravado. She was great.
1: I love her. She is awesome.
0: Come fight me. If I win, you're gonna have to marry me. (laughs) That was fun. It was very fun. She would have made a good queen. She's
1: awesome. I like her a lot. I'm glad we're gonna spend more time with her because we spend almost no time with the moon champion. Or I think it's the Earth champion that loses the first round. It's like, okay, well, you might have been cool. We'll never know. Well, uh, good luck. See you later. Not. Bye. Which was kind of sad because she was like, oh, the moon champion, she's known for being really smart. I was like, you're not going to last long, are you? No. This is not a smart championship thingy.
0: I mean, they were talking about how some of the challenges were based off of intelligence. And if they'd done the storytelling one first, she might not have fallen out of the running. But here we
1: are. Yeah. Here we be. So those guys didn't get a lot of screen time, but the fire champion did. She was really cool. I liked her. I liked her personality. I liked their fight. I think that was really cool where Karina got back a lot of her political power and swayed the city to be like, okay, take her seriously. She's kind of cool. By doing that combat, that was a cool scene. It's a lot of things I liked. I really liked this book. My total bias right there. I have already bought it for several people to read. So general thoughts. In the world of fantasy going forward, I feel like we're going to be able to see a lot of the same old stuff with Arthurian legend and stuff, dwarves, elves, and all that. But I also, I'm hoping, I guess, is more so, that we also get voices like this. I'm hoping, especially publishing houses, pick up more stuff like this to be the best sellers. I just know there's more out there. And... I'd love for other cultures to be able to add fantasy that's just uniquely their own. And I feel like authors still have to tailor their books to the mainstream and kind of water that down so it's still palatable for everyone. But I'm hoping that as different cultures' fantasies are shown to be profitable, maybe publishing houses will look at this one and be like, oh, this is profitable. So they'll start buying books that are of this type of fantasy. And as more and more and as more and more fantasy types read the mainstream, we'll reach a point where we can look back and think wow i never knew that i was missing out on this because it's not something i can explain oh we're missing xyz i just know we're missing something and there's room on the shelf for more so as for this book specifically i think it's really good i like it a lot i like the world like you said earlier i hope that when she moves on to her next project which like i said she's already doing some work for Marvel Comics so maybe maybe not but i hope when she goes go back to writing at some point she does revisit this world. Maybe a different time period or maybe from a different area, but something in this world would be really cool. I'd be down for that.
0: The story is very good. It's very immersive. It's a good classic fantasy. It hits all of the good classic fantasy points with the magic working as an energy like it does, and new mythical creatures are always very good. The immersive worlds, princesses and trials, and the general class system. It's a good, good classic fantasy structure.
1: One question for the author. I'm really curious what stories it's based on. All the publicity I've found on it speaks to Western and sometimes Northern African myth and culture. And so I'd love to learn more specifically what her influences were. That'd be really cool to hear the original stories and seeing how she's taken those and drawn inspiration from them.
0: I want to delve more into the backgrounds and stories behind the Mythical creatures used. That'd be cool. I'm pretty sure they're from lore in different areas of Africa. I want to know what their origins are. That would be really cool
1: to learn about. I hope there's more in the next book too because they were in a city so it makes sense that there weren't a lot of creatures but they're going to a jungle now so maybe there's going to be more. Rating. I'd give it a good roller coaster out of 10. I feel like it went everywhere, but it was fun and I want to go on the ride again.
0: I give it that spine chilling feeling when you hit a good piece of music. It has that big swelling note and you get the chills from head to toe and you get that fun vibration feeling.
1: Like ASMR feeling? Yeah. give it that out of 10. Would you read it again? Yes. Yes. And the sequel, not even a plot twist. We're going to cover the sequel around the time when it comes out. I need a little bit of time reading it, so it's not going to be like the first day or week that it comes out. But we will be covering that because excuse to read the next book is excuse to read the next book. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. You can keep up to date with us by checking us out on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. And you can help support our podcast by checking us out on Patreon where for just $1 a month you can get access to our bonus episodes where we look at the movie adaptations to some of your favorite books. This month we're exploring the simplicity of the post-apocalyptic book for children, City of Ember, and comparing to its much more convoluted movie adaptation. Join us next time when we'll be wandering through The Chocolate Chip Cookie Murder by Joanne Fluke. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I'm Sam Reiner. And I'm Lizzie Sawyer. And we hope to see you and a friend here next time.